Welcome to the Generation Influencer Podcast. I am your host, Sean Hanif, CEO of Afli, where we help influencers launch their own brands. We've been quite successful over the last two years, with the company now being worth $10 million. And our clients have a combined following of 20 million, which gives us a lot of experience in this industry. This podcast is all about showing how influencers are also entrepreneurs and how they should be thinking of themselves as businesses. We break down everything from how to grow your channel, monetization strategies, marketing, and what it really takes to grow and scale your business to the next level. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Slightly changing up like the format, so I'm gonna this time we're gonna be talking about a topic, and then I have a special guest um, that's gonna help me kind of like get into it, and we'll see like their viewpoint on um, on everything. Uh, the topic we're gonna be going through today is how do you have the confidence to firstly start sharing content and knowing to put yourself out there, how you should do that, why you should do that along with why video is something that you should really be focusing on now. And for today's guest, we have Natasha Ocean. Ocean, yeah, it's a weird one. Um, She is a YouTuber, um, 200,000 plus subscribers. She's also on Instagram with, um, is it close to 200,000 Yeah, we're like very close. (laughs) Yeah, she has very high engagement, uh, is, I would say, in like... It is like fitness-based content, but more around um, lifestyle and a little bit of travel as well. I'm gonna be, we're just going to be going through um, the topic and seeing what she thinks. And yeah, I think just to get into it, tell us more about yourself. Uh, hey, so I make, yeah, I make YouTube videos around health and fitness. and But it's kind of like health and fitness and also happiness. Like that's like the underlying feeling. I always want... I always feel quite positive naturally so then I hope that comes through um and then obviously the topics are around health and fitness with some science involved because that was my background um I do I'm on Instagram as well and then also like sell my own training guides and also launching yeah launching a startup with my boyfriend later on this year okay nice um yeah so I guess where are you at like right now so what are, what are you up to like you know I guess you've built yourself up now to a certain level where you're doing brand deals do you have your own products you know you got your kind of like your career is fully flourishing I guess like you know as being an influencer so what is it that you're currently doing it's always a hard one to answer because I feel like every time every time I see someone I'm always saying something different (laughs) on the whole I'm like usually at this current moment in time I'm filming a YouTube video um and then coming out with my third training program so I'm developing that at the moment and then a lot of it is like replying to emails and planning like next trips to work for work away and I'm also in the process of not recruiting but like um encouraging people to come away to another trip that i'm doing in sri lanka so it's like a training trip so okay lots of stuff yeah and it seems like i think we'll get into some of that stuff but i think just to get started um i've been looking through your youtube and i see you do a couple of things which is obviously you do a lot of focus on thumbnails and then the titles and i think for any for anyone listening I think you average around, was it like probably like 50, 60, 70K views like per video? So it's pretty pretty solid. Yeah, it's around like 80 actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I think we're like, I think we live in an age where there's actually so much content out there. So if we can, and and it's all, we're kind of like fighting for people's attention, right? So I think having like a catchy thumbnail and a catchy title is really important. Um, just to get people to be like interested or to kind of get them watching so so yeah I think and it's it's marketing so that's kind of I think that's something that we realized not straight away but over time because the content can be just as good and if you don't market it as well it's not going to get the views that you'd like it to so I think marketing was really important and like and making and therefore making sure that a good thumbnail and a good 
title is important. Like, let's say you're putting a video together. At what point are you thinking of the title and the thumbnail? So there's different, there's different like types of videos that I do. So at the moment, I'm filming in a video that is like I'm halving my sleep for a week. Actually, this is like the fifth day, so I don't know how I'm like doing. Um, but um, yeah, I'm halving my sleep for a week. So that's kind of like the basis of the video. And then at this point, I've kind of already thought about the title. I don't script the video, but I plan the video around it. Other videos I will tend to film. I kind of know what the topic is about and then I'll come up with the title at the end if there's something that I included more in depth in the video that I'm like, oh, that could be useful to put in the title. Staying on title, um, I can see you've got here three must-know tips. Slay your fitness journey or what I eat in a day, come on holiday, most flattering summer outfits. So like, is it clickbait? Um, number two, is it really related to the content? Like, is that something that you try to do? Um, do you think about keywords in the title? Um, I saw you use like capitals a lot. Yeah. I really try to stay away from clickbait. Obviously, it can be really tempting to do clickbait because clickbait works for a reason. You yeah. see it on pe- other people's channels. Like if you say like I almost died or like whatever, that makes people want to click. But no, I don't, I don't really do clickbait style titles just because... For me, like the connection I have with my audience, I never want to feel like I'm cheating them of something. Like if I say something is in the title, that's what they're going to get. I mean, there are some ways to dress it up and make it sound like more sexy, obviously. Like there was a video where I did burning 20,000 plus calories. I did burn 20,000 plus calories over a week. But I think the difference is like that I had already explained it in the thumbnail, in the title, sorry. So the thumbnail said like, 20,000 plus calories and then the title was like can you out train a bad diet over a week oh interesting so you're so using like the the thumbnail and the title as in together yeah to together the point okay. yeah like for me they go hand in hand I try not to repeat what the title says on the thumbnail but I like to use them as like complementary to each other have, have you always done this is this something you picked up on like later so let's just say going back to when you had like 5,000 subscribers yeah. what were you doing then um to be honest when I were like first started language was never my forte like I've always been very much a scientist so everything I do is very literal which um means that I don't I didn't really play on words or I didn't know how to make something sound appealing so my early titles were very much like literal they explained exactly what was in the video but it didn't necessarily mean that people wanted to click on it because yeah because it just sounded so I guess you learned the marketing side of it like later yeah that just came with time to see like what kind of worked and what kind of what made people want to watch within limits though because like I do really try and stay away from clickbait um I think it can massively backfire if you do it far too often do you think Um, you get like wrong audience or like just not views that mean nothing um I think I mean several things but I think people go in with a certain expectation it's like if it's like if you have the expectation of you're gonna buy something it's like this really upmarket thing and then it comes and it's not that at all that really lets you down and you feel really bitter towards it. So it's like managing the expectations. So you don't want someone to go in being like all excited about the topic and then it takes up like maybe a second of the video and then it's done. I've even had a thing times where a thumbnail is not even in the video that people just make a thumbnail and you're like, ooh, and you click it. (laughs) And then you're searching to find that point in the video and it never even happens. So you're right. So I guess... It's not good. It's not the right way to do it. And I guess what you've seen is, you know, if you build a real audience, then there's real reward at the end of it, right? I think you have, if you're going in it that way, where you want longevity and you want to build something meaningful with your audience, then trying to avoid like clickbait titles or just like, yeah, those that kind of style marketing is important. I think just to like uh, summarize this point, so if you were to... um, what advice would you give to someone, um, even like, let's say myself, I'm, I'm just getting into my YouTube, um, about thumbnails and um, titles, what would it be? So just some actionable stuff, because people love like knowing yeah. a bit more. Like, yeah. say you're designing a thumbnail right now, what's your process? Like, how do you do it? So I actually use 
you can use anything. I use PicMonkey just because I think it's PicMonkey. No, Canva. Sorry, um, it's just this like software. You just you input like what ratios you want to do, and it has different fonts, and you can upload your photos and play around with it and rotate it or whatever. But for me, like the most important thing is making the thumbnail clean, in the sense of like making it stand out because you don't want something that's very noisy because then the person doesn't quite know what the video is about. So you do want to limit the amount of words you put on your thumb on your thumbnails. You do want to avoid how noisy the thumbnail is. So if you're taking a photo, make sure you've got like a relatively clean background. I think it's nice to develop your own style of thumbnail. Um, and then some people also like having like non-YouTube colours. Um, so having like green or black or like things that aren't like red or white so it just stands out more so that it stands out more to be honest i haven't really like tried that out too much although i have come back to like a f- bit more colorful thumbnails just as i think mine were getting a bit too like washed out um yeah i think your advice is very good you know even looking at your thumbnails a you clearly have a theme they're very bright it all look like it's fun and happy and something is happening yeah. so i guess and i think the thing that you mentioned is probably the biggest takeaway is that use your thumbnail and title in conjunction with each other rather than it being a um just a picture and then yeah. the thing so like you've got here the truth about fitness and then in the thing it says three must know tips so it's almost like the both things make sense yeah. the images make sense yeah and then oh and last thing with title is again not to make it too too long because obviously you have a character cut off um when you're looking through someone's channel even if you're just looking through like the search or browse option having like the catchy bit right at the start that's going to be caught in like the fur i don't know if it's like 42 characters or something it's quite short so really make sure to not have like a really, really lengthy um, title. So just on titles, one final point. Do you look at keywords? Yeah. Yeah. So there are. So I do. It Again, it depends. Like I try not to make all of my videos like keyword heavy because I do want to grow. But again, I want to create something like meaningful for my audience. And I appreciate that like not every video is going to go like viral or is going to like grow me so I do want to make those videos as many as my videos like useful obviously there are big ones in like fitness there are always some of them like more popular throughout different times of the year vidIQ can be quite useful to look at keywords and like stats so you can see how often the keyword is used and I think like a good ratio is to see whether it's it's used but then it like ranks really highly because you can have things that are really often used and not ranked that highly. I think like how to is like a good one because that one is used so much but then the actual chances of your thing coming up because of a how-to video is quite unlikely. Yeah, yeah, exactly, so, yeah. All right. Um, and I think the final thing is like, so definitely no to clickbait titles for you. Like what I've noticed from even like looking at audiences, uh, sorry, at creators who have made videos that are that have very clickbait titles over time, like your audience just doesn't trust you enough. Or, or even when you post something that might not even be clickbait, they'll just assume because you're the king of clickbait or the queen of clickbait that this video will also be clickbait. So then it's like, oh, I'm not going to watch. It's like the boy that cried wolf. Like eventually it will die out and you just your audience just won't trust you anymore and if you're looking at it from a longevity point of view there's definitely a point where you can do it there'll be a cut off to that all right awesome um i think moving on let's just want to get a bit into more like what we kind of touched upon in the beginning it's kind of like having the confidence then to be putting all of this content out or be to be creating about certain topics so when did you start your youtube i started well, I opened my first, my YouTube account at the end of 2015 and I posted one awful video of me, like a, we literally filmed it on phone, but it was like a Halloween special, like workout thing. It was like really, really cringe, but we did it. And then I didn't upload anything for like six months and I uploaded like four videos and then I really started in January 2017. That's when like, I started uploading regularly. Before that, I had like seven videos. I guess the question really is like, you know, how did you like feel comfortable enough to be like, all right, I'm going to start like just posting content about myself. 
you know, just having that confidence in like kind of like starting, putting yourself out there, talking on camera. Is that something you're just naturally good at? You're like cool. Like, how was that for you? Literally, like, that process? no. Like, I, I feel like this for everything. Sometimes you just have to, you just have to try it and test the waters. I mean, the thing is, what I realized for me was that if I post a video, no one is really going to see those, the first videos, really. That's just, it's just like a test of like, I think I realized, well, I was actually awful on camera. Like I just didn't have any camera talking abilities. That genuinely came with time. If it's something that you found, if you find yourself enjoying, then you will get better with it. You have, but like it's like any beginner, like you can't go in thinking that you're... I guess like when you want to start putting out videos, especially for a lot of people now, right? Because I guess you can say there's a lot of pressure on people that they want to become an influencer. And part of that is actually like creating content. And there's too many people who don't want to like put a camera down and just create some content. So how do you go from like essentially not, you're not a video art student or whatever, right? You, You need to start creating some content. So yeah, like... Like you're saying, I was rubbish at speaking on camera, but then do you get better just by doing it again and again? Yeah. Like, that's literally it's, it? That's literally it. Like, if you go in with the mindset that you want to get better, then you will get better because you'll be aware that... Like, the thing that helped me was I making my first video. You just, I just had to go for it. As hard as it was, it was painful. Like, I couldn't have anyone else in the room with me. I just didn't even feel like myself. And also start simple, like use an iphone use like a small handheld camera i think i had like a sony or whatever don't go in with all like the slr just start really simple start looking at the footage you again simple like editing software tools like imovie as you see yourself on camera you kind of get better at knowing like okay so based on storytelling like that didn't go there or i need to bring more energy or i need to say things in a certain way or things like that that just comes with time and watching other people as well so at the time when I was making videos I really liked Casey Neistat people say they like Casey Neistat's videos and it's it's a subconscious thing but really like they like Casey Neistat's videos because one he was like quite quick with his editing so it's you never felt bored but also he had really good fluidity in his videos so it's like picking up things that really studying things that you like from other people not certainly not copying them but seeing like okay that's working like people obviously respond really well to that and that's something that I can draw from so that's kind of what helped me is just kind of like really looking at other people's content that I enjoyed I've always loved film anyway as well and seeing like okay so they've shot this in a certain way or they're saying this in a certain thing and Another really, like, if you want to start and not be, like, as rubbish as I was, like, starting with the basics, like, make sure you're filming with good light. Try not to film at night. It doesn't look so good. Go by the window so you have, like, maximum light and make sure you've got, like, some good audio. That you're not, like, covering the audio, the microphone with your fingers. I did that first time as well, so... I think what's quite clear is, though, that you you, you obviously had the, I guess, the mindset or the thinking of, like, oh, let me analyse what others are doing. Yeah. Right. And I guess learning is, is like probably the big part of it yeah. to build your confidence. If you sit and learn and see what others are doing and then try it and get some results. Right. Maybe it's views or followers, subscribers, and then just rinse and repeat and do it again and again. Yeah. And again. I think the thing with like confidence is that also comes with time. Yeah. Like I didn't feel confident doing it at first, but I was. But as long as you have the attitude that like you want to try and you want to get better that just comes with time having the mindset that you're not going to be the best to start off with no one is like literally no one you have to go through that process of being like I certainly did I went through the process of going really crap and then like over time like you just get better I think the only one thing is okay in today's market say you are starting right now how does it work in that way do you think there's a difference being that now the market is a lot more mature than 2016 even 17 right um where someone could be watching let's just say um an influencer's video and it's done really well she's really confident etc and then let's just say if it was yours it's going to be below par so what does someone do in that situation you know because like that's like me right so i'm starting out uh, my own content on youtube and 
do I need to then make sure my production value and confidence and all that then is, is to that par level just because their market's that. moved on? Or do you think it's still okay in today's 2018 that, no, I can still start in my own like low way, let's just say, and then make my way up? Do you think that's still okay? Or do you I think, think now I need to put more work in before I put my video out? Oh, no. So I think even in this day and age, like even like 30 years time, like we're always going to be beginners at some stage. Yeah. So obviously you can get things you can try and get things right with like lighting and like a good camera if you want but at the end of the day like your persona and like your confidence on camera that just comes naturally with time I think it's really rare to like straight off the bat just have like complete confidence in front of the camera like I think and I don't think anyone expects you to either that is really it's like it's like when people say like they're not good at maths but like they've never studied like you can't it's it's just a process you have to go through and i think then you know moving uh, from there is like about the videos itself so i guess i've noticed on yours like i would say the production value is not high meaning that you are just using like a normal camera and that's it um do you think that really matters is it more about like you the person or let's just say someone like i don't know like christian guzman right like he's putting he puts way more budget per video because it's like multiple people filming there's this there's that do you think that is something that like for yourself that you you're going to be focusing on in videos or do you think just being real just has more value regardless of like overall quality of the video yeah i mean even if you look at like some of the top youtubers like let's say okay we don't want to talk names but some people on like 20 million or whatever it's never like the camera that determines whether a video is good or not it's this it's how you use the camera it but it's not even that it's like how you tell the story like you could tell a story on an iphone and it could be the best future film you've ever watched because the story is so gripping so for me that's like always been the most important thing like i don't i don't use fancy video editing software i mean i wish i did i just don't have time but for me the most important thing is like creating a story I guess you can just go to the cinema right now, watch something that's filmed on like some of the best cameras in the industry. The story's rubbish, it's a crap film. So like for me, the most important thing is like having a really good story, a really good base, having like the good energy to put out. And so so that would be advice to anyone who's like starting up that you know, focus on the storytelling aspect of it. Don't worry about the production value. Obviously, cover the basics like lighting, etc., yeah, angle, yeah. you know, confidence on camera, speak clearly. But it's about the story. So basically, plan the story and then create the content, essentially. Yeah. All right. Well, it's even like good examples like Casey Neistat. People try to recreate Casey Neistat's like way of editing, but it just didn't feel, it just didn't come out well because they weren't him. Like he was telling stories fluidly like he had a way of telling a story and that's what makes the difference that's like that's like the secret like magic dust like if you don't have that then regardless of any equipment like it's not gonna come so the secret to being good at youtube is storytelling yeah. all right there we go <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, a couple other things that um, I thought would be good to get your view on. I think let's jump straight into it because it's something new, right? So, like, IGTV came out recently. Um, Firstly, what do you think about it? (sighs) I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, I don't really know what it's trying to be because, like, first of all, it takes a really long time to make YouTube videos, or at least it does for me. And even taking, like, Instagram photos, like, yeah, it takes time because you want to edit the colors and make it like do the caption and everything and then I spend a lot a lot of time replying to all of my comments so everything takes a really long time now to have something that's even they want original content for is like tricky I don't know if like portrait is the way to watch film um personally I've seen great filmmakers on it I think just like the way we view it the way we view the world is in a widescreen format. It's not in a portrait format. So I, so naturally it doesn't, it doesn't feel, it feels weird to see. Um, so I, 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 are you, are you focused on it? At the moment? No. Any plans to? Maybe, but I'd need to free up some time. Sure. Okay. Um, do you think it could potentially like help you on Instagram if you were doing it? 
because you would guess so, right? That people are going to be big on IGTV, those people will be like favored by the algorithm. Yeah, I think more. the algorithm is favoring like video content. It favors like stories, it favors IGTV. So if you make content for that, then it will probably favor you and recommend you. I haven't tested it, but I'm guessing that's what they would do. But yeah, it. I mean, for me, IGTV probably, it's just like filming a YouTube video, you just film it in another way. So yeah, it's, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Do you, do you find some risk being that, let's just say YouTube is your main platform? Um, what if it gets more and more and more popular? That, do you think it'll affect your YouTube? That's a really good... Just because of the adoption, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, because just to, just to give some background, so Instagram had, um, I think, last year, something like 400 million active users, and now monthly, and now they've hit 1 billion monthly active users. The being that it's by Facebook, Instagram, and being that the user base is so big now, I think in the last, like, I think six months, it went from 800 million to 1 billion. That's 200 million more people yeah. using it monthly. Like, it, it's huge, mm. you know? So... The, the point being that it's... Um, I know you're saying about the portrait, but really there's a lot of ways around it which people are already doing it that you can just say rotate your phone yeah. and just have it sideways still. So it's still a full platform to release content. The portrait is what they want you to do, but they will never know if it's sideways. You're just telling the user to turn the phone. So, um, yeah, I'm quite interested to hear like why a creator like yourself would not be bothered by it. You're too used to what you're doing? Are you too focused on YouTube because that's yeah. where you grew up, like getting it, into? It, it, no, it does bother me. Yeah. People will transfer to a platform if there's like more money involved, right? So if Instagram TV managed to monetize better than YouTube, probably content creators will move from YouTube. At the moment, they haven't done that. You could argue, like, why would they spend like another four hours making a video? Because people don't want... The thing is, people don't really want to see recycled content either. So then you're in the boat where you're like, okay, I've got to create something original. Why would they then spend like four or five hours making a video for free? Like, there has to be something there. Um, so you think that's why, like, overall for creators like yourself, like YouTube is the destination is due to ad revenue. Do you think that is that does make people think, you know, I'll do it over here just because at least there's some monetization set up? Yeah, I mean, it's not even that it's like... I know it's not for the money, but obviously yeah. that has a deciding Obviously, that's factor. kind of like how you make your income. Yeah. But I guess that that's the question that now that they've released a long-form content thing, very recently, it's only been two weeks, right? So let's so don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, it's just that now they've released long-form, are you going to be basically going after it or not? I think I think I'll definitely try it yeah. um, and see how people react because, yeah, I think at the moment on Instagram it's very much like there's just so much that people just like flick through liking a photo is like fine up to one minute video fine something longer I don't know like because we're in that mindset of just like more 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 whereas with YouTube you've kind of got them for a bit of a longer window that's the expectation right like yeah, psychology right. I think the psychology is different yeah like for the, for the user that's for sure um, and also on Instagram yeah, the the mentality is different. The mentality is more like is more like aspirational. So, but for YouTube, like that's kind of why I make like deeper posts on YouTube because you can go deeper. Like you have the time to, and you can make things that are more in depth and that are more like meaningful, and you can create like more of a meaningful connection. And I don't think people are on Instagram for that. They just want to see like the beautiful trips away or like the really amazing clothes or whatever. So I, I don't know, but I think it's definitely, definitely worth trying and I should try. You know, sure. with these different platforms, do you find that Instagram and YouTube audience are different people or do you think it's the same people on both? How do you view it? Because obviously there's no way to know, right? If the 200K and 200K, how many of them are crossed over? Mm. How much do you think are crossed over? 20%, 50%? <sighs> This is something that I really struggle to know because I have a bigger following. I'm quite unusual in that I have a bigger following on YouTube than I do on Instagram. Usually it's the other way around. Someone will have like a big following on Instagram and then they'll have 
like a smaller following on YouTube. For me, I think there's a lot of people on YouTube that don't follow me on Instagram and likewise Instagram to YouTube. So yeah, I I actually don't know. I don't even know how I'd find that out because obviously everyone has different usernames. I get the feeling that it's probably like 30% crossover between the two. I mean, it kind of makes sense though. Like even when I, if I follow like big YouTubers, I'm just going back to like Casey Neistat. I didn't follow him on Instagram. Like I liked his videos, but then if I was on Instagram, I'd be looking for something different. So, uh, are you on any other platforms? No. Okay. Is there a reason for that? Time. I just feel like I spend. I just feel too busy to then dedicate. Do, do you feel like you're trying to create original content that fits that social media instead of like content which can be distributed on many different medias? Because it uh, seems like you're saying, you know, like obviously you have to make a YouTube video, it takes time. You have to make your Instagram thing, it takes time, but. Another person can look at the same thing. That cool, I've created this piece of content. Maybe, maybe it requires it to be edited slightly differently, you know, or it's the exact same, and you can post it on Facebook, like yeah. natively. So not like a link to your YouTube, like in Facebook, post it. Yeah. Uh, Facebook is the one that gets shared the most. That you could, uh, you could do some crazy stuff. To be honest, you can like find an editor, do Chinese subtitles, and put it on on Facebook, or put it as an ad on Facebook too. You know, like there's so many different things you can do that. I find that influencers don't do yeah like how come you're not distributing the same content because if it works for YouTube and has a good reception it means people like it if you just put it somewhere else people will also like it but they are different people yeah I guess I've never really thought about doing it on different platforms I know that Instagram content is wildly different to YouTube content um, and they don't really cross over yeah my advice Um, to you would be on video that the video that you're making on YouTube just post the same thing on your Facebook on Facebook like yeah. create your Facebook page and just post, but just post it natively and just leave it there. What you can do to get it going a bit is get Instagram and YouTube followers to be like, guys, I set up a Facebook page, go and like it, yeah. just to get the engagement going. The same people will now see your content on Facebook. Facebook is obviously good because in the feed you can watch a whole video and just swipe along, which changes the dynamic because in everything else, obviously in, in Instagram the video is not long enough. In YouTube you have to click and sit and watch. It's more feed-related, so it, the, the discovery is even faster. The views are even more. It's that much easier to share it or put it on your own Facebook. Uh, people to put it into groups. So groups is a very big way of growing. So if someone puts you in, like, the Health and Fitness UK group with 120,000 members, that will get you, like, 50,000 views just like that. So, like, the mentality is completely different. It'll probably get, like, you know, like 5,000 more likes to your Facebook page. In the other places, there's no community. Yeah. that's the real thing so what Facebook is good at is the community side because these groups exist and it's very easy for people to share um, and it's like the biggest so in terms of user base so those are like some of the things the other things very easily you can do is once the video is there if you wanted to like promote that same video as an ad it's that much easier because the ads manager in Facebook is very very good so once the content is living in there yeah it's, it's just I would say because You'd be surprised the amount of people that use Facebook. Maybe slightly, you can call it an older demographic if you want to, even though like the stats don't really suggest that. People think Facebook is for old people, but it's one billion people. You know, most people that say they don't use Facebook still log into it every day. You might not be posting content, but you're still absorbing. Um, so yeah, I would say definitely you should post the same content on Facebook. You've got nothing to lose. The same video, the same thumbnail, it should work. I don't see why why it wouldn't in any way. With Instagram TV, yes, um, you can hack it by putting it sideways or when you start making content you know um, you can just crop into it that, that's the other potential thing you can do but see um, I've seen I've seen people they're using like really really good cameras and even when they're editing on like Adobe Premiere Pro and they're exporting in the highest format it still doesn't look crisp even even when it's like cropped that's only what I've noticed and that I, like I like following some I like following different people, but specifically people who are really, really good at camera work and editing and stuff like that. And even with those that like skill base, they still haven't managed to get it to True. something. I guess you'd like have to Chris. reshoot it in portrait. Then I guess that that would be it. Yeah, um, and, and that's that's like the that's the difference is that I think to get something really visually good is to shoot it in i think just because we're on this subject of um like different types of content and stuff so have you ever like looked at like 
Have you ever used ads to like grow your name in any way? No, I think I tried to. Well, I tried like once, but for me, I just didn't find that it was like useful. I I probably wouldn't do it again either. I think the best way to get like the best engagement and like the most real following is just to do it organically and keep making the same content but wait and it's like really hard to like it's like really hard to take in because it's really hard well I was very impatient but then you just have to keep believing that what you're doing is like worthwhile for people to watch and then um eventually it'll come when did that happen for you so at what point did like people start paying attention um did your video go viral was it a I don't yeah what was it yeah for me it was a viral video which was a cheat day challenge I think they're not so popular now anymore but at the time they were which is why it went viral you know so would you say everyone needs like a break essentially to probably make it to the next level yeah I think I think viral videos do like help grow you but it's a tricky one cuz you want to get that viral video but you don't want every single video to be like obviously not all of my channel is a cheat day calorie challenge it's like one in like 100 videos or like just once and then you don't really do it again so yeah i'd say those those videos are the ones that like grow you ones that go it doesn't have to be like viral to the point where it's like 600 million views or something a viral video is anything that gets you out of your normal viewing range yeah all right and um i think obviously we've spoken in the past about it as well is like analytics so do you pay attention to that just cuz i know some influencers that are like i really don't i just make the content obviously they look at the views and that's it but i do, do you dig a bit deeper into oh this many women followers or this yeah. much the watch time this is where people left in this video why that was yeah. do you yeah. look at that kind of I stuff yeah Um, I just think it's like important to know who your audience are and what they like. So for me, I have like 93% women on YouTube and all in like <laughs> and they're all in like a certain yeah, they're all in like the 18 to 24 age range. So I kind of know like what they would like videos on or certain things that they like prefer. Um and then also like I do like watching also I do like watching like how how long they stay on videos for I do like yeah 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 watch time I think is important and also seeing like drop offs because if there's something that I said that they're like okay fine bye or like if there was Have you ever found any of those like uh, more yeah more towards like the start and usually it's usually it's again it's again in like the storytelling so I found that if I was doing too much too much of like a sit down or too like static then people would just like switch off so i found that it was better to have to to make sure that i wasn't having too many long bits of me just like talking and actually have something more like visual i think that's why casey nystad did so well because it's like movement something different very frequently so he had like high watch times do you, know, do, do you do this in your videos that you're telling the user what's happening in this video do you do that Uh, what do you mean? So like, you know, like in the beginning of a video you can be like, "Oh guys, so today we're going to be doing this." Oh, yeah. Do you like set the expectation? Yeah. Do you yeah. think that's the thing that would you advise that people like 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 myself, you know, do you think I sh- that's something that you should be doing so people are like, "Okay, I know what this is going to be about." Mm-hmm. Or are you then tackling that through the thumbnail or the title, you know, like So I think it depends like what your content is. I think if you're doing something more like vloggy, you can kind of just play it by ear and do things yeah. like bit by bit and just see how the video rolls on. For me if I'm doing something if I'm a lot of my content I'll be trying to bring in like a scientific message so it is really important that I categorize what's going to be in the video then break it down the main points in the video and then summarize at the end so that people remember so you go like very high level dip into like the important bits come back high level so that people always know like okay we're here and they know where you are. So it's like a good way of communicating the message because otherwise it can get very easy to get lost. So I guess the point is that planning the content and knowing like what you're putting a structure to the content really. You can't just wing it. No, I I some people can wing it. I can't wing it. I have to have a structure. Also, like I also plan like uh locations of where I'm going to film certain things. 
just so that it flows a lot better and it there's just like different environments where I'm talking about something different and it just fits in quite naturally again it's all like very subconscious stuff people won't really realize until they've maybe listened to this and then they watch one of my videos if you just watch one of my videos it would just feel natural but now that I've told you you might be like oh okay I know why she's doing this it's interesting that you say that because have you ever thought about creating content like about this sort of stuff like more being an influencer type of content or no uh I love talking about it and it's not something I've ever thought about I guess for my audience that's not really what they want but if there was an audience that wanted it I'd be more than like do do you think your audience say you know you were like guys I'm gonna you know if, if you want to be doing this as your job like you know um like I do I can, like, help you with that or something. Do you think a lot of people would be interested in knowing from you, like, how you do it? Like, the stuff they're talking about, right? Like, how you got started, your videos, your process. The fact that clearly, after listening to this, in one way it sounds like it's not easy work creating videos, right? It seems like to people that, oh, it's not, it's not, it's not a thing. It's, just, it's not real work, but it is because you have to think about everything, put it together. It takes hours to film, edit. Um, yeah. Do you think people would be interested? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely people that will be interested. Guys listening on here will be interested. I don't know if my audience will be interested, but it's definitely something I could ask and see. I think it's probably like a small proportion of them. Do you get people asking you ever like, oh, how did you get your followers? Or, you know, do you do this full time? Anyone ever curious about like the career per you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Some people are interested, yeah. Not everyone that I speak to, um, but some people definitely ask, like, questions. Around that like, topic? Yeah, around that That's topic. That's interesting, because I find, like, more and more. So what happened was I put a job out um, as an internship, and I was amazed by the amount of people that emailed saying, um, I-, I would love to become an influencer, so if I could get a job with your company, I can see what it's about and how it works, and then hopefully build my career one day. Mm-hmm. And I was quite surprised, whilst you're applying for, like, a marketing position at my company, to become an influencer because you yeah. think like somehow I need to learn these skills because so badly want to be an influencer and I was amazed because did a degree in law economics like it's people in full who've done other degrees now have basically want to be an influencer yeah. and um, that's why I'm always I'm asking people like yourself like how much of you are you seeing you know from your followers because I think there's a growing interest in general thing because it's cool right to be an influencer so that the yeah, people want to do I wonder if it's like that that they want or it's more the freedom of being able to like travel and work from wherever you want just freedom um but yeah no I I get it but I don't get it a huge amount but I'm sure that it just needs to be put in the right places because I'm sure there are a lot of people looking nice I think so one of the final things I guess to go over is um just like the business side so you know so what do you do like do you work with brands you know you sell things um how did that come about what is it that you do so yeah I mean predominant like first and foremost my content is always I always started out whatever I wanted to do before I wanted to do medicine but the underlying things that I always wanted to help people um and use like science to do so so when I was starting out it was like medicine then it started then it was like research now it's youtube but fundamentally like i still just want to help people um so that's kind of like always been like the ground thing so then but then in terms of like how you make that into something that is an income well for me i make training guides so uh, i sell the training guides again i make sure that they're developed with like leading experts in their fields to make sure that it's something that is really really helpful for whoever buys them because again I just want to help people as much as I can but I mean then I do take some brand deals but not like a huge amount um I want to go down the route of longevity and I do really want to help people and I know that if I took too many brand deals it's really once it's hard to build that trust with an audience once you lose it you've kind of lost it It's really hard to maintain. Do you find with brands, um, how do you find it that now, obviously, you have so many brands offering you, like, I would say, like, large amounts of money, right? How A, how does that feel, I guess, compared to normal, like, employment, the difference is crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, does that feel like to you, like, I can't believe I'm doing this, or, like, I can't believe people are paying me this much? Do you feel like that, or do you feel like, no, actually, you know, like, 
this obviously I I have such an audience or I have such impact that this is correct like how do you feel about it because obviously this industry is so new I think well personally when I like first was presented with like numbers and stuff it was quite shocking but I think because you're like wow they are big sums of money but then when you come down to it like that is advertising in that sense so it's it is like what you're supposed to get but it is a lot it is a really good so i mean at some point you were just a creator yeah and then at some point as people start offering you money you start to think more of as a marketer i'm guessing right so you're like cool okay if they're paying me this money why and then you must have thought about oh it's because i get this many views right and this many views means this many people can potentially see this thing and okay and i value it at this or they're valuing it at this and then you i guess you look at you can do some market research, you can use tools then to see how much it's worth. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, cause, because I think like it's easy to kind of just look at the money that you're being offered, but then you need to also think about how much money that's going to make for the company. Companies make a lot of money. Like, yeah. if you're going to be putting it... But, I mean, also, I've been through the stage where I've worked for free. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't just happen in one day. Like, I've spend like a year basically working for free so you do super long hours I'm still doing long hours but you do super long hours and you get like nothing in return um and it takes a really long time to build that subscriber base so when you're putting it out to that audience and stuff like that is kind of what brands should pay I think because one it takes a lot of time to try and integrate the brand into your content in a really natural way make it good for the brand as well so you put in all that effort edit it again spend time with your audience like uh responding to all of the comments and offering your audience to the advertisers or the ones that pay to the brand so yeah i mean it does sound quite shocking but then when you kind of break it down and you look at the numbers and you look at how much the brand is actually making and what they're actually going to get for it it's about right is the business side like come naturally to you or was that something that you've had to like learn, I guess, um, <laughs> what, I negotiating to... and contracts? Like, do you do, do you make sure there's always a contract in place? Um, um, I've, no, I literally learned that on like as time when I had no previous business skills whatsoever, no previous negotiation skills before. I'd find it really hard to say no, not to brands, generally to people. Like if people wanted something, I'd be like, yes, and I'll just do it for free. I'll spend all night doing something and then I'm the only one losing out of that whole situation like that was just my mentality and I really struggled with negotiation because I just used to find it really awkward um because obviously I don't know you kind of feel I guess you go through the journey right you first year creator you become a marketer then eventually you just become an entrepreneur that has all these skills yeah I think it's one of those things you can only really learn as you do it so what's like, I guess, what does the rest of 2018 <coughs> have in store for you? So we're going to release the home guide. Um, got a few products coming out as well. Um, so some like t-shirts and the resistance bands. Um, and then launching the startup towards the end of the year. Um, what about your like, what's your overall like focus? And so as you know, the influencer marketing some people probably don't know this, but last year, brands spend one billion on influencers. And by 2020, it's going to be between five to 10 billion. So whatever's happening today, is going to be five times that just within two years. Where are you with it? Like, do you think like, so in two years time, where do you think you will be in this influencer marketing industry? Being that, you know, you're growing like what, 20,000 subscribers a month or followers. Um, so if you just extrapolate that out, plus growth, like, where do you think you'll be? What is it that you'll be doing? How, how do you foresee? Oh, I always find questions like this really difficult because things can change so quickly. Like it's not even it's not even a case of extrapolating. Like if you had something go viral, that's it. Like within a matter of four days, your life is entirely different again. So it's just about adapting to whatever happens. I tend not to like looking that far ahead because I just don't really know and it's not that I like to go with the flow because I think it's still good to have like kind of a game plan but I'm just very flexible I still want to be doing what I'm doing hopefully I'll have learned 
ways to make better videos with like better camera and better editing software and whatever um but overall no long long term plan just long long term uh well i guess everyone has i don't know i feel like there probably is like a lifespan on like social media eventually the reason is if you look at all like the stats and the things right it's like the lifespan is like going to be like years and years and years like 20 30 40 years till something replaces it Oh no, I agree. I think social media will still keep going, but I think your relevancy in that game might drop. Yeah. So I feel like everyone kind of has like their year, let's say. Like Casey Neistat, 2016. <laughs> and I keep going back to Casey. Shall I not do Casey Neistat? No, that's okay. fine. Um, um, I think it's, but I guess he's still relevant though. I guess he might not be, might not be, <laughs> he might not be like, you know, in the news as of today but whether he's relevant or still has attention like of course he does yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he know, does um, will influencers be around in like two three four five ten years I hope so yeah I think the only thing that could potentially like make it not hot is that people like just lose trust across the platform I think that's something that is really important because you want to maintain integrity yeah. so like if I could give any advice is to just be really careful with what brands you choose to work with and it can be really like tempting to just say yes at the start but wait out and do something that's like close to your heart that you really care about because how like maintaining that trust like I said it's really hard to get once you lose it you've lost it it's like the easiest thing to lose so it's like really important to keep and and that's the only thing that I think could destroy social media is just people just being like I just don't trust anyone yeah i think the in, in my opinion i think like influencers should have clearly like should have like a five-year plan the reason i say that is the way things are going i believe that influencers is going to replace other like forms of celebrity to give you an example i honestly think like within this year next year you'll start to see more and more influencers in movies um so if you look at youtube has now created a you know the youtube premium the original content they've already shot one series with an influencer so the youtube creator has released his own tv show which is on youtube original so and i think that's the next phase so where essentially kids that like are 15 now they wouldn't know who brad pitt is and they would rather go watch a movie let's just say with logan paul in it than brad pitt because that's who they relate to and i think that's the future and i think for you guys like i, I would strongly advise you that you should have that much outlook that i think is just the beginning and people are gonna like i said the new movie stars are going to be the big influences because they have the people's attention now the reason like i find that sad though but i guess that's because we're at a certain age group right but the reality is like brad pitt only became brad pitt because all the magazines and the press would talk about a particular actor and that will get him the movie. Right, but talent the as well. There's, there's talent involved in making something like that. And I think sometimes... And like, don't get me wrong, I think there's some really, really talented content creators. But I think, like... But, with, I don't, I don't want to say anything yeah. on that topic. I'm just... I'm torn yeah. on that topic. I think it's sad. I think it's sad if it goes that way because... The f- it's like when we look at films from like 30 years ago or, or not even then but like the, I think there is some re- there's really good talent and I think it's a shame if we try and sell out just for money because it is for money if it's if we're recruiting like Logan Paul to make a film it is for money it's not necessarily for like the talent or the good of society because like raw acting talent is rare to find that's the people I think should be in films but I mean, that's just my opinion. I, yeah, I, I guess you know, there's two ways to look at that kind of stuff. In a way, you know, if, if Brad Pitt was being paid like 50 million for a movie, there, there's a reason for that because he has the attention he's going to sell the movie. But and, also, you know, he's a great actor. To you, if you're a fan of him, right? But in the same way, to a fan of somebody else, they would be too. So it's very subjective in that way. Same with like music or anything. It comes down to popularity. Yeah, you know, so if you have the entertainment factor and you have the attention, you know, give an example, KSI and Logan Paul are doing a boxing fight. The last time it was streamed so much, it was streamed more than normal boxing. So, yep, you can say that's not right. Real boxers are real boxers. This is this. But at the end of the day, it comes down to, I'm not saying that they're athletes or boxers, but the point is, it, it's whoever's paying attention. I agree, and, but um, don't you think that we have a responsibility to shape society? 
But I think what you'll find is because these mediums are getting so big that the next Brad Pitt will be doing it on YouTube to get his name known because that's how he needs to get his name known and then he'll get picked for a movie through that route. So I just think because the world is changing and the normal agencies and, and everything. But for example, let's, t- let's just use Brad Pitt. Like, it's doing like a raw acting performance is not what goes viral. What goes viral and what gets attention is doing, let's say, like kids stuff. Yeah. Like things that are like scream, in the t- scream at the camera, make all these like crazy things. So it's... <sighs> I think it's top down, so I think that, yeah, I see your point, I guess. I I just feel like sometimes the platforms favour things that aren't, that don't have any depth. So we're going towards a society where it's just all, like, shallow, shallow, and, like, like like, like you were saying, yeah, like you were saying, like, Logan Paul and KSI that get streamed more than boxing. So now, like, athletes... Like, people can't even... I don't even aspire to be athletes. Like, we're not even culturing something where you want to nurture a talent. You just... Like, you're just entertaining for the sake of entertaining, which... I don't know. It's like it's like we're not putting people who... I can't really No, no, I know what you mean. I think... Um, I'm really I think I know what you mean, because, look, that, you know, the focus is not on the talent. The focus is more on, like, you know, the popularity contest. You know, um, I get that. I think what I, the way I see it is, is that I think within the next five years, platforms will have to adapt because all the talent in the world to get recognized are going to have to go to social. So that will lead to a real actor making real acting videos on a social platform and then agencies picking people from the social media platform for the next movie. Because in the olden days, you would go join a casting agency and you'd go there and cast and the person watching is like, great, you're good. I'll let me contact this production company for you and see. It's just because the world is changing that that is happening less and less and less every day. To give you an example, is Post Malone talented? Do you think he's any good? You know, it's that thing, right? So he started on YouTube. His song got big. And now just recently, like Drake's album came out. But before that, he's the most streamed artist on Spotify every single day, most out of everybody else. That's the question, right? So he was found on YouTube. He's a YouTuber who's now one of the biggest music artists in the world. He didn't go through the conventional route of singing outside, maybe, I don't know, goes to a recording session somewhere, gets picked up, an agency pitches him to an art, a label. So what I mean is like, you know what I mean? Like the thing is completely changing. I I think it's like good. I just wish that the platforms like rewarded like raw talent for that sometimes I don't think their focus is always there I think their focus is more on like who can like do you know what I mean like I so so I think if like in terms of the normal influencer industry but I guess in other things it's happening like it's happening a lot in music yeah um, but not in other places and when it's like someone that has raw talent and they've been found via that via YouTube like that's great and I think that's like a really great way to like nurture talent but do you, do you think you could you could act in a movie? From how you make videos today, let's just say. I'm not, a good, I'm not a good actress. So I wouldn't... So, see, this is the thing. I've spoken to people who are, like, huge on YouTube and then suddenly they're like, okay, now I want to be, like, president. I, I, I don't know. I just, I just see it as... There's just different ways you could go down. Like, there are certain routes that you could go down. Um... All right, interesting. But, you know, that's the whole fun of this, um, <laughs> is to go into, like, these topics. I think you're right. The difference is, I guess, you, we have a certain way of, like, you know, thinking and what we like. Yeah. I guess the same conversation if you're having with, like, with, like, a 12-year-old, he probably has a completely different mindset to what we think. Um, I'm sure they probably do. Um, but it's interesting. The reason I think there is a change coming, just because everything you look at, it, it says it. But if you look at like the stats of stuff, so um, 75% brands now are paying influencers in some shape or form, which is crazy if you think about it. An average brand spending twenty-five dollars to $50,000 a month now. So when if all this money keeps coming this way from the traditional way um less people are going to watch movies in cinemas um streaming services um online are killing us and how how do streaming and how does netflix buy its program so essentially like me you we could uh, make our own show we can go pitch a company and they would buy it off you and show it and who we decide to put in that thing is up to us right so we can go and recruit 10 
vloggers make some story up. Maybe everyone's playing themselves and they make their videos how they like to make their parts or they're filmed in a way how they enjoy it. it you could actually make really cool content, make it into a series and go and sell it to Netflix, right? Yeah. I'm more talking that way because that's like where the world is kind of going to rather than like a movie in cinema that has maybe like old school acting methods. Um, I think, I don't know how, because the, the numbers don't suggest it, looking at like box office to everything else. Um, but anyway, Thank amazing you. episode. <laughs> we talked about loads of different things. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram, via Natasha Ossian, or on YouTube still just natasha was alright I'll put the links anyway in the podcast uh, description hope you guys enjoyed the episode um, yeah uh, thank you so much for having me Sean had a good time it's <laughs> no. good to be chatting <laughs> <laughs> no worries um, alright guys thanks a lot for listening and I'll see you in the next episode good luck <laughs>